You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for Locked On Nationals podcast here on this Wednesday, April 28th, 2021. On the show today, we discuss the Nationals' loss last night, 9-5 to to the Toronto Blue Jays in the first game of their two-game midweek set with the Blue Jays. It was a tough night for the pitching. And the bats got going a little bit, but there were some difficult moments as well in what was a bullpen game for the Blue Jays. So we'll break it all down next here on today's show. All right, let's get to it. On today's show, we discussed the Nationals' 9-5 to loss. And, you know, I was pretty confident heading into this game of the Nationals' prospects uh, in terms of winning this game, not actual prospects. But, yeah, their chances to win this game. They're going up against Trent Thornton, who is making bullpen starts at this point in time for the Blue Jays. And for the Nationals, it was Max Scherzer, who's been on a great run of form uh, in his recent outings. And so I thought it was a good opportunity for the Nationals to put some pressure on this Blue Jays team in a ballpark too, especially where the ball was flying out. It's a triple-A ballpark. Uh, a lot of y'all know that, that, you know, the Blue Jays right now are not able to play in their home ball- ballpark in Toronto. So they've taken up residence in Florida uh, during this time while they're waiting maybe for some clearance. And I think at this point, it looks like they're going to be there for a majority of the season, if not uh, all of it, but uh, it's in, I believe it's called, it said Dunedin, Dunedin, whatever it is, Dunedin, Florida, is where they are playing in AAA ballpark, and so uh, the one thing, too, to mention, like, the ball was carrying in this ballpark, man. I mean, it was, it really, it really went. Uh, there were a couple opposite field home runs where you didn't think they might go, and they did, um, you know, several, several occasions, and we'll kind of hit those as we go along, but it felt like it could have been an offensive game. We know that Max does have a propensity to give up a long ball sometimes. So it's set up for an interesting matchup, but I did like the Nationals' chances. And look, to their credit, they jumped early in this game. They jumped on Thornton, and um, they all, you know, jumped on not just Thornton, but uh, Tommy Malone, who came into the game right after Thornton. They Yadiel Hernandez jumped on him as well. The Nats got three hits off Thornton, three hits off Malone. Trey Turner was tremendous. The top of the lineup, in my opinion, where he belongs. It was great to see uh, Trey Turner batting leadoff in this game. And look, he provided the power, provided the pop. I mean, maybe you could make the argument that because he was, you know, he hit two home runs last night, that hey, he could, he, he should hit the three hole, right? He, he had a chance to drive guys in. But no, he was setting the tone at the top of the lineup. And uh, I love that. I, I love the fact that, that Trey was really the guy, once again, setting the tone last night. Two home runs for him, followed by a Yadiel Hernandez home run on the second one after the pitching change. Here is how they sounded. Trey Turner stands in. The Nationals need to get things going offensively. There's no two ways about it. And a breaking ball hit in the air to left field deep. This is way back. This may go, and it is gone. Goodbye. Bang. Zoom goes Turner. 
It's the Nationals one of the Blue Jays nothing just like that. Swing a high drive left center field. Does he have another one going back Gurriel to the track to the wall and that one is long gone. It's Trey Turner two and the Blue Jays nothing seventh career multi homer game. Here's a swing and a long drive to left for Hernandez. He does a little bat flip as this one's going to go a long home run over the left center field wall for Yadiel Hernandez and against two different pitchers the Nationals go back to back. And they lead the Blue Jays three to nothing. So at that point, you're feeling pretty good, right? Nats go back to back on home runs. They've got uh, the top two guys in the lineup have hit a total of three, and they're cruising. And Yadiel and Trey had great nights. Trey was two for four with two RBI in this game. Yadiel was two for five uh, in this game, drove in a run. Zerman was one for three at the home run later in the game. So the front of the lineup really did come to play. And I thought across the board lineup was pretty good um, today. You know, really was there were a couple parts we'll, we'll get to them but um thought they were pretty solid and you're feeling really good at that point you know you're feeling in, in the top of the third with a three nothing lead like you're in a good spot the the thing is at this point max scherzer had pitched 19 consecutive scoreless innings so they were in a very good very good place um you know they felt pretty confident there but things got difficult for scherzer in that third inning and that's really when uh, the Blue Jays were able to make that comeback, kind of make that statement, and they put the Nats in the rearview mirror, mirror when they did. I mean, they, they took that lead and then never looked back uh, once they did. But Max runs into some trouble in that bo- uh, that bottom of the third, and uh, you know, in that inning, he it's a couple singles and a walk. Right, he walks Kirk. Oh, excuse me, uh, Kirk singles. Uh, Biggio was able to single as well. Bo Bichette walked, and then Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, junior is up there, bases loaded. So this was an at-bat where I thought Scherzer's pitch sequence was pretty good. He goes slider low and low and away, and which foul ball start off. He then throws a, a four-seam fastball just off the edge of the zone uh, inside, which I like crowd, you know, crowd Vladdy. Don't let him get those hands going. And then he throws a slider low and away, for the uh, for the third pitch, so it's two one at that point. So you're down two one in the count. And from Max's perspective, you gotta throw a strike here. You you don't want to let him go to a to a three one count. Not necessarily a fastball count here. He throws a slider, and this one grabs way too much plate. And yeah, uh, in, in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just pounds this ball. Swing it a drive. Get up, ball. Get out of here. And grand slam for Vladdy Guerrero Jr. That's what we came for. With that grand slam, that puts the Blue Jays up. Third career grand slam for Guerrero, and the Blue Jays have erased a 3-0 deficit. Yeah, that pitch just grabs way too much plate there. I mean, that, that and, and look, that's the problem is when you go down 2-1, bases loaded to a guy like that, you got to throw a strike, and if you make a small mistake such as that, you know, he's going to make you pay, and he did. I mean, three home runs on the night for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, he was spectacular, and in that ballpark too, especially where the wind was carrying the ball. I mean, this was a no-doubter anywhere you go, but he absolutely hammers this ball, erases that three-run lead the Nationals had built, and this goes back to something we had been talking about uh, through a lot of the season. It just feels like the Nationals have had a difficult time matching up their best offensive nights, or their better offensive nights, rather, with their great pitching nights. They've had a couple of those with Scherzer, but this was one of those instances where the offense was pretty decent, and then the defense did not help them <laughs> later in this game. Uh, but 
as did the, uh, you know, the, the offense was able to, to keep going. And Max had a rough go of it as well in this game. Uh, so it's 4-3 at that point. You know, Max still stays in the game. He's able to get out of the inning. It's, it's 4-3. They come back top four, and they load the bases uh, with one out, the Nationals do. And then Victor Robles comes up and grounds into a double play. So, you know, they got a Schwarber double, a Harrison single, uh, you know, and they got an Alex Avila walk to set up Robles. And he's a guy that in that position, hitting ninth, you know, they've, they've taken you from away from the top of the lineup to take some pressure off of you and is just not able to manufacture anything there. I mean, a ball in the air would have gotten them, you know, a tie game at that point in time. But Robles just, you know, rolls over one of the shortstop is nowhere close to beating. I mean, it was an easy double play, Paul. It, it was hard, hard hit, uh, easy to turn to. I think Bichette turned it uh, on that one. It was just pretty simple stuff. That's a spot where the situational hitting has got to be better. Robles has got to be better. And for a guy this year, you know, who's was, was hitting 200, I mean, over four last night, this was a pretty, uh, pretty awful game for him and a pretty bad moment for the Nationals overall. You know, you feel like they might have had some chances to score, but but when the scoring's going back and forth, those are the moments where you need to retake the lead or you need to at least tie the game back up. So that was a frustrating moment as well. Then you go to the bottom of the fourth, and the really weird moment here, uh, one out, and there is a runner, I believe, on second, and then they get this weird pop-up where it looks like for Josh Harrison, the ball kind of gets, you know, the wind takes it, I guess you could say. Um, still, he's got to make the play. But we talked about this ballpark being weird with the wind. Harrison kind of ranges into right field to try to get it and then almost stabs it with his glove as, as Yadiel Hernandez is coming in. So the ball shoots past Hernandez into right field, which was a bizarre moment. But, you know, it, it, it shoots past him. Um, it's, you know, considered a fielding error. But they allow Kirk to go all the way to third on that play because the ball was stabbed by Josh Harrison and then kept rolling. Kevin Biggio is able to hit a sack fly to make it six to three at that point. So once again, the Nationals not capitalizing on offense, playing bad defense, put them in bad spots. And that's where a team like the Nationals, you know, those mistakes they just can't make. I mean, that, that is ultimately what cost them the chance to make this a competitive game because you think about where this game heads, you know, Guerrero hits the, the homer in the, fifth inning, and now you're staring at a four-run deficit. It felt like it could have been a lot closer. It could have been more competitive because, and look, on the second home run, I have to mention this, uh, outer half fastball for home run number two for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. This was a pitch again that, I I, I mean, throwing a fastball outer half, he was locked in. It was pretty clear at this point that if you're going to throw something middle, you know, middle out, it was not going to stay in the yard for Vladdy tonight. Uh, that's what happened the third time around. I would just mention it now on that third home run in the bottom of the seventh. I, I Finnegan missed with a pitch there. Kyle Finnegan missed the pitch. They were setting up inside. I went back and looked at it. Avila was setting up on inside. They wanted to try and jam him, and and then Finnegan just left a fastball at I mean, 97 miles an hour in the middle of the plate, and Tatis just absolutely slaps it uh, uh, over the wall in right field. So. Uh, you know, that gave them the, the nine to five advantage, but I will go back to Ryan Zerman. Ryan Zerman, uh, does a good job, um, of getting a two run home run to pull this thing within two runs. Once again, it could have been like a one run game or tied. If it, I mean, it would have been tied, honestly, if the Nationals hadn't made those fielding mistakes, right? I mean, you can point to those mistakes specifically and said, and say, this is what cost them, right? Just look at the math. It's a four, three game. And then you pop out 
uh, you know, you pop out in that situation, or excuse me, grounded the double play with the bases loaded, and then, okay, there you go. You didn't score, and you, and you could have tie, at least tied the game in that situation. You, you have to get at least a, a one run out of the bases loaded and nobody out. All right, you go ahead to the defensive part of it, right? An inning that should have been a clean inning, you end up giving them two runs. So we go from what should have been a 4-4 game now to uh, what is a 6-3 game at that point. Obviously, Guerrero home run, um, you know, that game at that point in time could have been a one-run game uh, or tied at that point. The Nationals had done things correctly. It was not. And then you, you think about the Zerman home run, that should have pulled them even, level, or somewhere near it, or ahead, whatever. You understand my point here is the Nationals' mistakes cost them. Uh, taking care of situations, you know, where you just hit, hit, a, hit a sack fly, right? And the pitching should be allowed to be bad sometimes. The offense and defense can help bail it, bail it out. But tonight, uh, they were not able to do that. In, in a good offensive effort, I should mention, from the Blue Jays tonight. We'll get to some final tallies in a second from this game. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. Go to builtbar.com right now and use that promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N Locked On, uh, and you'll get. Oh, that's not. Uh, today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today, guys. They've got 18 awesome flavors: six new flavors: caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, chia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Those go along with their 12 original flavors. All of these delicious Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are good and good for you. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. And you'll get 15% off your next purchase. Once again, LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. All right, some final tallies on this game today. So the Nationals fall to 8-12. and 12. The Blue Jays get to 11-11. and 11. Your final tallies, once again, from the pitching perspective in this game, it was Max Scherzer taking the loss. He goes five innings. He's up eight hits, five earned runs with five Ks. Not his best night, but still, I mean, you know, Max has been really good this season. He's allowed to have some bad nights. I mean, you know, even with that performance, giving up the five runs and five innings, his ERA sits at three, so he's been... Still pretty good so far this year. Kyle McGowan gave him a scoreless inning. Kyle Finnegan uh, had a rough rough go of it, too. He gave up that home run to Tatis. And then Paolo Espino. We have not seen him since the outing that he had in place of Steven Strasburg. He worked a scoreless inning as well. So good to see him get, get some work. If Strasburg is on the IL, at least in the short term, Paolo Espino is going to be the guy that is going to get those reps, get those starts, for the Nats as it sits right now. Uh, Blue Jays, once again, it was a bullpen day for them. And Trent Thornton uh, goes two and a third innings, gives up three hits, two earned runs, two Ks. He's been kind of that guy for them the last two starts at least. He has done that, uh, kind of been the, the, the bullpen bridge guy. Tommy Malone picks up the win in this game. Uh, three hits, one earned run for him, even though he gets the home run. He still picks up the win. You know why? Because they went crazy. Uh, the, the offense went crazy, especially for uh, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I keep wanting to say Fernando Tatis, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. going crazy is the reason why Tommy Malone gets the win. Wins are really stupid, especially when Tommy Malone comes in and works an inning, gives up three hits, and gives up an earned run as well. So that's just kind of a ridiculous thing that we do in baseball. But once again, I digress. Uh, Cash running in third for them. They got Meza as well. 
things were good for them uh, besides, you know, in the back end at least. Uh, Chatwood and Delise um, shut things down for at least the last three innings for them. The Nationals, not bad in this game. They were one for five runners in scoring position, which is not great, but, um, you know, they still score five runs. Should have been more, right? Situations where it should have been more, should have gotten six runs. But overall, I would say we've seen some pretty stagnant offensive performances, and this was not one of those I'd put into the stagnant category, right? Zerman goes one for three with a walk. Like I mentioned, Yadiel Hernandez, two for five. Trey Turner, two for four in this game. Stalin Castro, two for four. Harrison, one for three. Schwarber, one for four. Josh Bell is hitting 109 now. Uh, it... He said after the game he feels like he's trying to do too much, and I 110% agree with that consensus. And also, too, I'm not sure how you all out there feel. When I watch him, it feels like he drops his hands a lot, and it just, you know, you're seeing the ball, and then the swing is not in the same play plane of where you're seeing the ball to me. It looks like he's underneath. It not looks like he is underneath a lot of these pitches, and especially the high stuff, too. It just seems like he's having a tough time getting his hands to it a lot. Uh, he's having a tough time getting the bat to it a lot. And so, you know, Josh Bell, you're hoping uh, that he can get things going. And maybe they give, sit him, give him some rest. Maybe they move him back in the lineup. You know, it'd be weird to have him kind of towards the back. Maybe you do, just to give him a, a new kind of position, new kind of spot to let him get going. But I'm not – with the way he's playing right now, it's been horrible. But what we saw in spring training is – the guy can do it. He's just clearly mentally in a funk. Like this, you know, you ha- you cannot believe that Josh Bell would go from tearing the cover off the ball in spring training in the way he did to go to where he is now hitting 109. How do we get here? The COVID break. Like the fact that he was you know, on the shelf for 10 plus days and we heard the stories about how hard it was for those guys to get reps, he and Schwarber especially at the, at the plate, that's why I think Josh Bell is struggling so much. Now, Schwarber's had a little bit more success, but not much. But those two guys are both hitting under 200, and they had really good springs. And it was – it's another one of those – I mean, I hate, I hate to say woe is me, but, you know, I feel bad for all the Nats fans out there because those two guys showed a lot of promise. And, you know, all of their work they put in during the spring was stunted. And we talk about baseball players being creatures of habit. The fact that these guys were able to go to a new place – try and acclimate, right, or new team at least, and then right when they're supposed to go home and play in their new ballpark, um, you know, try to get that other part of the acclimation there, it gets taken away from them. And they kind of lose some of that progress they had just made in the spring, and you see those guys searching for it right now, trying. And I think that's one thing, too, is both those guys have been pressing at times. Both those guys, really, you can just tell they want to make an impact. Um, and Josh Bell's been good at first. He's had no issues over there that at least I, I can I can think of. And then Schwarber, I mean, we saw it on on Sunday. Schwarber played a damn good left field on Sunday, man. I mean, he you know played that carom off the wall perfectly. Obviously threw Lindor out at home because he's just a big dude, and if you can learn to use that cannon correctly, you know, it can be effective. And uh, made a sliding catch as well. So Schwarber, you know, maybe that defense could hopefully, you know, give him some confidence on offense. Got, got a hit tonight, but and also had, had a nice ball hit the opposite way. Guriel was just in the right place. I just, for those guys, I feel really bad. I know, you know, hey, they're millionaires. They're, you know, the professional athletes. But, you know, for competitors, those guys really want to make an impact with this team. And they needed to make an impact. Just to have that spring and how good it was and to, probably for them to be in a great mental headspace. 
and then have to go not just into, you know, not playing baseball, but taking away, you know, taking away the interaction with other people, right? Your teammates, building that chemistry, to go into isolation. Very difficult thing. I, mean, I don't think we talk about enough the actual, like, human side of what those two guys had to go through with the changes that are, that are in their life. I mean, the first time we saw those guys was in St. Louis, right? Those guys, the first time they were able to play was not at Nationals Park where they're supposed to open up the season. Those guys, you know, hopped on planes to go join the team in the middle of their uh, their road trip, and it's a tough place to join. And so for those guys, you know, especially Josh Bell, who's really just – I mean, Schwarber's had a moment, right? Uh, Kyle Schwarber has had that walk-off home run where at least, you know – for him, he could say, yeah, I can point to that, and there's a really positive moment. And then also the defensive game, you know, where he's he's had two really noticeable performances, I would say, right now for the Nationals. Not saying it's all been it's all been good. Um, I'm not saying it's all been great, but th- those are two at least things he can hang his hat on. For Josh Bell, besides that solo shot he had a little while ago, really not a whole lot for Bell to hang his hat on. So you're hoping that those guys can get some confidence moving forward. And I know people say, you know, once again, I'd say, oh, you don't have to do the whole woe is me thing. Like, once again, this is not happening. This is not happening if those guys don't have that COVID break. I mean, you just don't, you don't go from, you know, what Josh Bell was doing in spring training to hitting 109, uh, you know, overnight, you know, just because you change ballparks because you're not playing in West Palm Beach, Florida anymore. And all of a sudden you're playing at Nationals Park, right? All of a sudden, you know, that's, that's not why, um, that's not why Josh Bell is is performing poorly, you know. It's it's because of that break, and, and look, he needs to get that groove back. He needs to get his rhythm back. And he is a guy that is, you know, notorious for when he slumps, he slumps pretty bad. Schwarber is always going to be the low batting average guy who's going to provide some pop and some power. It's, the, it's his job. But especially right now with Juan Soto, just all those guys aren't getting the – no, you know, no Juan uh, in the front of the lineup. Those guys aren't getting the opportunities – that they would normally have if they were able to stack Trey and one and Bell and Schwarber and Starlin and Harrison. Because when those guys, you put a front seven together with those guys like that, I mean, it's just a lot of guys who are either quality hitters, have had quality hits, or just are, you know, are playing pretty well right now. Uh, and so if you stack all those guys together, it's going to keep giving each other opportunities. The Nationals just sadly have not been able to put all those guys uh, together. And, and I'm going back right now to look at the, uh, to, so Bell's spring training numbers, uh, let's see, trying to pull them up. Yep, 2021 spring training, Josh Bell hit 383 with a 456 OBP, uh, 872 slugging and a 1.328 OPS. He had six homers in his 47 ABs, 15 runs driven in. So the strikeout numbers are still pretty high, but at the same time, he had a really, uh, really nice spring and was not able to transition from that. You know, he was not able to go from spring training, um, you know, whenever spring training ended, right? Think about the Nationals' season right now. I mean, the Nats' season, uh, it began in the first, uh, let's see, first week of April, right? So the Nationals' season, uh, we think about it, it begins on uh, April 6th, or it was supposed to be on April 1st. But those guys played their last spring training games the week before April 1st. And then Josh Bell does not join the team until April 14th, more than an entire two-week gap between when he last played a game and when he last uh, was next able to play. Same thing goes for Kyle Schwarber. One more guy we got to mention, guy who's been doing an excellent job 
for the Nats is Yadiel Hernandez. I mean, he has just come in. I mean, forget Juan Soto, right? Who needs when you got Yadiel? But seriously, um, Stevenson not, did not have a great start to the year. And Yadiel now that there was no one, Yadiel has come in and played a really good uh, right field for the Nationals. I mean, yesterday's mistake was not on him. The ball just skirted by him. Not a whole lot he could do. But Yadiel Hernandez is hitting 333 this year, and he got off to a, a rough start like in terms of the first couple games that he played. I believe it was um, yeah, he was in those Brave series. But ever since they reinserted him with the Juan Soto injury, the guy has been really good. Um, you know, and uh, especially since that second Nets game, you know, he was two for four uh, on Saturday, two for two on Sunday, and then two for five last night. So Yadiel Hernandez is six for his last 11. He's got a homer, three runs driven in, and he's got a couple walks in addition to that. So he has been somebody that's been performing really well. I expect to see him still at the front, uh, you know, in the lineup and towards the front of, of the lineup right now. Uh, I'll give you guys a quick word from our sponsors, and then I'll tell you guys what to look for in tonight's game, round two, between the Nationals and the uh, the Blue Jays. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest way and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Also, the Kentucky Derby is this week. NFL Draft you can bet on as well. NBA, NHL, uh, UFC, uh, Bellator, any of those things. Jake Paul, you know, if he's boxing, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, Gilbert Arenas, I guess, they pick a former wizard. Uh, he's he's going to box, you know, Andre Blatch, right? Uh, you can probably bet on that as well. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game. Go to betonline.ag today. Use that promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and you'll get a 50% deposit bonus so if you deposit $100, you'll get an extra 50 to play with at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, a look at today's game for the Washington Nationals, round two of their uh, series with Toronto in Florida. I mean, just the weirdness of saying Washington is taking on Toronto in Florida. All of those things are very weird, yet I digress. Uh, oh, also, I want to mention this. Dan Colco in the booth last night, I believe, as Bob Carpenter is celebrating uh, his daughter's birthday. Really good job from Colco. And one thing I'd like to reflect on as well is the fact that Dan and Alex Chappell, who is doing the pregame show, both were thought to have lost their jobs this offseason. The Nationals were able to bring them back. And the fact that not only are they back, you know, to, to have that situation this offseason for Dan and what he's meant to this franchise and the Nationals fans, he did that video of him. Um, and Bo Porter in, in the Nassen Studios is absolutely tremendous. Um, for that, you know, for that, for for Dan to be out there and Alex to be doing the pregame show and to see them both on TV together, it's it's really wonderful. And, and for Dan to be calling the game as well, to, you know, for him to go from almost you know look like losing your job to uh, calling games the Nationals, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. See him doing the play by play. All right, tonight's game, seven oh seven first pitch. Um, Tonight on the road for the Nationals in Florida. I guess on the road for both teams, you could say. Um, Eric Fetty against Steven Matz. Steven Matz, somebody that the Nationals have seen a whole lot of, right? So there's going to be some familiarity here for a lot of guys, and especially a lot of these dudes, even Bella Schwarber, guys who have been in the National League, right? There is a familiarity here with Steven Matz. He is off to a spectacular start. He is 4-0 
with a 2.31 ERA so far this year. The 29-year-old off to one of the best starts of his career. So uh, he will oppose Eric Fetty, who, like we've been talking about, man, Eric Fetty, for what the Nationals have been asking of him, has done a great job. Not a guy that was expected. In the last two years, Eric Fetty has not expected to be a guy in the Nationals starting rotation, but he's had to be. And uh, this season, you know, he's given them some good outings. Once again, if, if you kind of remove that outing that he had earlier in the year uh, against Atlanta, uh, where he only makes it out of, he doesn't make it out of the second inning, uh, you know, pretty decent four and two thirds uh, against uh, the Cardinals. And then against Arizona, he had the five inning outing. We will give up one run as well. Last week against the Mets, five innings pitched, three earned runs, but that was not a game where, that was not a game the Nationals were going to win because of how good Jacob deGrom is. So the three the three earned runs through five innings, that still keeps you in a normal ball game, right? That keeps you in a normal contest a majority of the time. So Eric Fetty looking to build, but tonight facing a lineup feeling pretty good after last night in a ballpark where the ball is carrying. We'll see if that is the theme tonight as well. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And until next time, my friends, please stay safe.